You're listening to the Out of the Box podcast with Timmy, Halisa, and Sinashore. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Box. I'm Halisa and there's Sinosha and Juro Timmy. In fact, before we get into today's episode, I would like to urge you, you know, I should have done this. We do it at the end, but I'm going to do it at the beginning today. If you have not followed us, do that. So you get notified whenever we do, you know, post a new episode. So uh, let's get into you, this. Where should we follow you? Yeah. You follow us on um, out of the box like OOTB. You can use hashtag OOTB uh, podcast. Follow, you, go. follow us follow on all um, any podcast streaming platform that you do have out of the box. Okay, you can also leave Why your review you? so you get informed when we post anything because we're very yeah, informative. We are very informative. We'll do that when our anniversary come. But right now, we are giving you information. Uh, you should be paying us. <laughs> okay. Today, today and today, we're going to talk about student loan. And um, I don't... Let's re, uh, let's just get into it. Yeah. Student loan. Student loan. Yep. So... Student loan should be the loan that they give to students now. Yeah. That they give to students. Yeah. I wish it was that simple. In Nigeria, it's a loan they give to people whose uh, parents cannot afford 500k in an entire year. So, which means that uh, each parent should be earning less than uh, 20,000 naira or about 20,000 naira, thereabouts, you know, uh, so that it doesn't sum up to um, 500k in a year. And uh, it's also a loan that they give to people that. That no people that are in level yeah, twelve, you know. So no people that are in level twelve in the civil civil service, or they you know is it is it just justice of peace or what they call that feeling again? Side of yeah, show. justice of justice of peace. Is it justice of peace? Oh you know, when we were a little younger, yeah, we usually classify that JP as Jerusalem pilgrimage, pilgrimage. It wow, was you guys were we sophisticated, though. You even knew yeah. justice of peace. Is it all? I was like, what is justice of peace again? When we saw yeah. it, you yeah, know, you get to see. But seriously, so are you by implication stating that um, each of the parents, right, uh, in any household, will not be earning up to an amount of money that can get us a campari if we decide to go on a short outing? to a lounge on a Friday night. But that's odd, awkward, right? Do you know, the, the, the thing is not even your parents, it's a household income. So if your parents, if you have a parent, like a, a, a mom, like a father, a mother, maybe a brother older than 15, than, <laughs> than 18, because they say household income, I think I remember that being stated. So now we're even like working under the premise of it just being your, your mom and your dad, right? It could be, household income so it could be like you guys should be earning like five five thousand while we are laughing like it's funny i guess there are people out there that ends that but that's like not really the whole story right yeah we'll be digging deep and deeper into the whole conversation around student loan but student loan is not something that just started today right in nigeria and um why we made why it's a thing that we're trying to talk about now is because um there's a new sheriff in town there's a new administration and there are things that are being signed, you know, there are things that are being signed in the premise of um, letting the poor breathe. <laughs> so, 
So we don't know if it's the poor that are breathing or the rich, but there's a lot of things that are happening. So we try to keep up with them and we also try to bring historical context to, to them too. So student loan, let's talk about student loan because I um, no, it's no. not the before you go to mm-hmm. student loan, Biko. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean you have to go calm down a little. All so right. He said okay. let, he said let the poor breathe. Yeah, breathe. Mm. Why that don't you get the accent? I mean, that, aren't you that, from California oh, it, or what? It's, 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 I am actually from Chicago, you know. Illinois. Oh, Chicago. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Bye-bye. It's just, it's just like, let the poor breathe. Let the poor breathe. But okay. don't suffocate the poor. But you know what I think, really? Right? Um, and this is me getting serious. I'm not joking again, you know. Uh, what I think is, um, that statement in itself has a lot of dimensions to it. And as somebody who is very sh- choicy with words, right, I usually am on the lookout for people's choice of words whenever they are t- stating anything. So definitely the Nigerian political class understands the fact that Nigerians are poor. And uh, that statement could mean we know we have been choking them for a long time. But let's give them some respite as if things are going to get normal by introducing the loan act, yada, yada. And then perhaps then strike them with increase in school fee and then we return them back to status quo. And it has been, I mean, it seemed to me more like um, a proper way to sum up what has been happening with respect to policy making in Nigeria. Right? You hear... Um, we want to fight corruption in subsidy, and then they remove the subsidy. They give you the impression that they are fighting for you, and then they go against you. But in this case, I do not want to conclude that this indeed is the Nigerian government going against the Nigerian people, right? Because me, I want to hear what Dorotimi has to say about this old student loan bill. But before then, I would say we should do a little bit of visit, or let me say revisiting, of um, the history of uh, education, particularly in Nigeria, you understand. I mean, let's start from somewhere around 1952 to put context to it. Right. Uh, Dorotimi, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, so practically, uh, if whenever I think of education in Nigeria, right, perhaps my bias is coming in here, and then I would like to put my thoughts as I'm speaking, because I'm trying to usher my thought out there. Um, there is a place of the Action Group, AG, I think Action Group is the name, in 1952, where they started the first free education program in Nigeria. And it was a primary education, right? And then subsequently, we saw the adoption of that all across the country, right? We saw the uh, Northern People's, is it Northern People's Party or Congress? And then we have the NCNC, National uh, Nigeria... National Congress of Nigeria and the Cameroon. I, the, the, the names are in that line. So literally, we had a party in the in the eastern region, we had a party in the northern region, and then we had the AG in the western region. And the western region started it. And very importantly as well, to put this in proper context, Aliisa, you yes, know, we yes. have always been arguing about this idea of where the federal capital territory was indeed in Nigeria when it was in Lagos. Right, so the right. areas within the yeah the area within the Lagos metropolis, we also saw that the federal government started adopting that AG's um, policy. So it became a thing that primary education became free, 
right? And then later, you see secondary education emerge, and then you see it's going as far back as extending to university education. That was around 1978, when the UPN was in charge of the southwest region of Nigeria, generally. And then they implemented it. And then since then, we've had a lot going. People saying, oh, university education was never free anytime in Nigeria. No, it's a lie. It was free under the UPN. High school education was also free. Primary education was also free. And very interesting, right, is the fact that in the 1999 Constitution, we have read Section 2 and 1 subsection, 18 subsection theory, pointing to the fact that education, as a matter of fact, should be free at all levels when such is practicable. You no, hit, you hit the, the sweet spot for a lot of people. They say, when it is practicable. Now practicable. they'll tell you, is it practicable? And they'll be screaming and happy about it like it's something to be proud of, right? But at the same time, when it's practicable is one, I should I call it clause that they've been using to to point out to, a, I guess, a... um a narrative that it's not possible for the government to to fund education the way they they used to so yeah just because you said that we i wanted just, to highlight that because some people would respond very quickly they conclude from their own heads you know um that is not practicable right you know <laughs> they just you know sit down they, they don't even ask is it they just thought you know it's not you know that's you know according to what like politicians tell them i think politicians just tell them oh we can't afford to do this and they without doing any research without even looking at the lifestyle which you know nigerian politicians are living the wasteful lifestyle and um the wastage in governance and looking at all of the things that we have available to us right if we had a good government they just conclude that you know it's not practicable so you know education should be a luxury but i think we should go back into the um history sinosha is building up of course yes 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 yeah so so i mean it goes without saying that you know uh, a people who perhaps do not re recollect their history or who have no proper grasp of their history are bound to be misled in the future you know and uh, that is also very interesting for me because I am also a person who's spoken to it on previous episode that I listen to oral history a lot. It's through songs, through eulogies. I mean, when you speak to your mother as an African, there's a way they want to talk to you. There are some things they recite to you that tells what your father is. Some people, they call them the child of a lion. Some people, something. you understand? They just are telling you that one way or the other, your parents are people who are highly respected. Like, oh, even if the environment was a jungle, they were king in the jungle. But in the Nigerian education um, setup, the story has been such that promotes the idea that the government has no responsibility for education. But indeed, the primary responsibility of the government is to attain or ensure that they attend to the welfare of the citizens. That's why they get taxes. That's why they get a lot of things. But now we are in the age of uh, the Loan Act, which has been assented by the president, Mr. Ahmed Tinubu, and then we are in a space now where we are now saying, how many more people are going to get out of school, especially seen as the Loan Act has to do with the universities? More. Only. Not even more. Only. So what's going to happen to the primary education and the secondary education? Are we going to continue to build more out-of-school children? Is that what we want to do for ourselves? Is that the best we can do, really? And then Abbasan just signed that thing, right? Maybe he signed it or not. But of course, it was a thing under him. 
And then they had a lot of things. They had conference in 2004 where the south-southern uh, part of the country worked out for some reasons, disagreement on some terms. And then we had the constitutional conference, the confab in 2014 or 2013, 2014, they were about again. And then a lot of things. And then we also had the likes of our Sonye report on how to administer the civil service so much that the bloated costs there will be addressed. And then we can be able to fund infrastructure and the sectors that are necessary. But here we are today, Unilag has communicated to their students from one of my feeders, feeders there that they are most likely going to reduce increase school fee by the next coming session. OAU has communicated to their people subliminally that they are going to increase school fee very soon. I know those ones will go on strike, no doubt. Because of that, I know they will go on strike, except if the student union there is dead. And then you have uh, the likes of state university as well, also suggesting that they want to increase school fee. The one they have increased in the past has not increased the quality of the education. But the point is, how many Nigerians can indeed afford to go hmm. into school at the current rate. When the school fee is high and they are not able to assess loans, how many of them will also have to drop out? They increase school fee during our time in the university to 19,700. And then if you see the number of people that had to struggle to it all, and the number of people that didn't just resume back, it begs the question that are the government really considering the people? Do what to me. Well, um, it will just, I think it will just uh, push that uh, or, you know, uh, help for that prove a narrative that's uh, not the narrative, the fact that, you know, the Nigerian government itself is a little bit detached from, the, not massively detached from the people that it governs, right? And I'll bring us back to the student loan uh, itself. I think the issue, the conversation has been like, you know, uh, properly flogged. I don't want to say overflogged, but properly flogged on social media because until it's corrected, it's still what stands. I think people have pointed out, you know, everything that is wrong with it. And in the words of uh, uh, um, the, someone on Twitter, <laughs> uh, she said everything is great about the bill in as far as we, the, the bill is great in as far as we change everything about it, right? So, and that's where that's uh, the point that I would actually, you know, um, hammer on, you know, right? Because the criteria for the student's loan, you know, um, first off, you know, we can even get into the argument that at this particular point in time, and as many people have suggested, people who cannot even afford a household that cannot afford 500k par year should not even be talking about loans. Those people should be giving grants to go and study for free right you know should go and, should go and study right we should not be talking about loans for this kind of people right um but um um given that the current administration is what's you know is the one that's you know um is in power right now there's little uh that um the people can actually because they can claim that oh people voted on for them because you know they believe in these ideas which i do not believe right but um we come back into the student loan and then we, we discover that the criteria for the loan, um, who qualify for the, qualifies for the loan, um, what you need to do before you get the loan, uh, people that you need to get as guarantors, level 12, civil servants, and all of those complications, right? All of those things that makes the thing just overwhelming for people, right? And uh, one would wonder what kind of family would not be able to raise up to 500K combined income in a year. If those kind of families 
how are they going to have access to a level 12 officer how are they going to have you know if you know because we're talking about maybe the market woman even maybe below the market maybe the market one who is not even doing so well in the markets because the fact that you're a market woman does not mean that you're extremely poor right but the market woman who is not doing so well or people who are not who don't have who have maybe zero to zero income or are not working or all those kind of things so how do those kind of people have access to a level 12 officer you know and some of the other criteria that are that are put in there i mean it's it's just so um overwhelming for people right and it shows you that the people who propose this bill um they are absolutely detached from the from the people so because, to me like you said yeah. now and you said people these people that created this um um the bill that is now a law or something like that like you said they are detached like massively detached from the people right but somebody now raised a very salient point actually when we're having this conversation you know this is a very interesting one because we kept on having it consistently continuously and i'm so glad that we did not quickly just pass over it like we do for every other issue right so somebody raised the point the person was like are we also detached from reality of being so surprised that um there are families that earn less than 500k a year because the way we are talking about it it's sounding as if we we do not know that there are a lot of families that like there are loads of families that are earning that um that amount of money that um <laughs> is it that we are not considerate enough to the people that are indigent which is a vocabulary i'm beginning and like i i do not particularly like you know don't wash whitewash poverty or whatever anyways so i'm just saying that those people are detached but the reaction sometimes some people saw it as are we also detached that we are we, we are <laughs> where are we coming no, from right if you get my detached. point like yeah one of the one of the problems with this loan is when you look at the people around um you know poverty does not just have to do with how much you make by the end of the day how much is left after you know um expenses daily expenses right because when you look at the people that we consider poor around us we have the um um the the bike riders popularly known as okada we have the bus drivers we have all of those people right even the market women and everything what we are trying to say is that majority of people that will be considered extremely poor in a country like nigeria that live in perpetual poverty still make above 500k in a year right the household income is above 500 and they are still considered extremely poor right so it's like saying it's like saying let me break it down a little bit it's like saying um I, we want the government wants to help people but they want to help people that don't or or, or or even though like you know even if you make 50k in nigeria a, a month you will still be extremely poor right you cannot afford you know the basics but they will now cap it at oh we're only helping people that earn below 5k right how does that make any sense it doesn't make any sense you should expand the brackets you know i now i'm starting to sound like uh, <laughs> one so of you're the trying to that... say you're trying to say the bill is not totally bad it's new so we can yeah, we can but, reform it is that what you're but, trying to but, say you know, you know you know what's interesting about this i made an uh. analogy earlier which i was i was actually trying to drive that conversation out from the beginning the analogy of campari when i said it's something we just take at a lounge on a Friday night, and that's what some people earn per month. I was actually taking a job at the Lagos pseudo elite. 
right? Mm. Who do not indeed know what is going on in other parts of the country. So whenever they bring this loan out, the noise, the conversation are usually more rife in Lagos. But what you find out is that the analysis will be such that it's distorted because Lagos is an outlier in Nigeria. And I must state clearly, not because of what anybody is doing on Lagos, it's because of the strategic importance of Lagos to West Africa, number one, and to Nigeria, number two. Right? And if a lot of people will not get this. Right? If it was worry as well that was the capital city of Nigeria first. It is worry all of us will be going to now. If it is Akwai bomb by the seaside, it's Akwai bomb every one of us will be going. To. I don't know maybe this makes sense to you, ladies and gentlemen. But the point mm-hmm. is when Legosian and yeah, when are now analyzing anything, right? They analyze from a place of distortion. What is distorting their view? Privilege. A conductor will go out in Lagos every day and they will bring 3,000 home. Even more. A person who is doing even much more rewarding work than a conductor will go out in Ibadan and they might bring just 1,200 home. But the person who is living in Ibadan, one way or the other, you will see at the end of the day they are living in a three-bedroom flat, which they probably are not paying more than 300,000 for every year. Why? Because there's probably a child in Lagos supporting them with 20k monthly, and then with their 1,200, they are somewhere where they can do about 52k monthly, and then at the end of the day, they can do about more than 600k annually, and they are spending about 200,000, 250,000 on rent, and they will find a way to live on the remainder. Why am I saying all of this? I'm saying the issues, right, should be analyzed from a place, point of view that is completely detached from the Lagos point of view. And then it will make sense that indeed it, it, quite a number of people are not earning up to 500k in annual income. But if you now, you, if you now interpret it in US dollar terms, 500k currently is just about $800. $800 divided by 365 days. I know maybe this makes sense, ladies and gentlemen. You are not going to get more than two point three. I mean, like two dollars thirty cents. So day. that's what they used. You know, it just it just clicked to me now. You know, this below this um two dollar um is it World Bank? What's it called? Below poverty rate. So that's what they. I think that's what they use now that you just said it. So now it's looking the conspiracy is getting getting more and no, more even, interesting. Even like that. Even at that, if you say two dollars per day, uh, multiplied by the current dollar rates, you know that would be amounting to almost one thousand five hundred. No, no, you because you know we, we we try to talk about foreign um, what's it called? We importing foreign ideas, right? To do to deal with things that are are very yes. local and sometimes. So I'm thinking, okay, where did they even get this five hundred thousand um of, of That's what I'm saying, so now it makes I feel day, like yeah, yeah. You're still not going to get your those people do, will not still qualify for this loan, you know. And no, I'm the problem, no, no, they, the, they, are not, they are not they are not normally expected to qualify now. I'm just trying to say, okay, if it is 500,000 <laughs> that they are looking at, right? We are saying, okay, yes. they are talking about people who are only able to get 200 to feed per day. Imagine a family of three on two dollars per day, right? That means they probably will have to skip some meals because to get the proper meal now. In let me talk from Ibadanondo town and Akure, right? You will need about 300 in Akure, you need about 500 in Ibadan. So it now begs the question like, 
if you are using 500 to eat, how much is $2? That's about 1,500. How much is it? 30 cents on it. That's about 200 and... Is it, is it 210 or something? I'm not so sure. I don't want to miss the math together now, but what I'm saying is... And it's $2 per day poverty thing too. It, it's, it, I think it's been there since like 10 years ago. We didn't even factor the inflation that has happened, you know, since then. But, exactly. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, and now okay. when, you not, when you not say people want to go to school, and you said you only want people who are earning whose household are earning less than um two dollars thirty cents every day to be to be the one that can go to school. Then it now begs the question that are you trying to say the people who are earning one million annually are earning fine? They can be yeah, earning the fine. Problem, the problem that this creates is that after the loan, after this loan is provided, tuition is going to go up. So those people exactly. who could normally manage or struggle or suffer, you know, to get their children to school would not be able to afford it because by the calculation, like if you, you know, a bike, a, an Okada operator makes more than 2000 naira per day. He does. He does make more than 2000 naira. That's the, it's not an unfortunate truth. It's the reality, right? This is why our politicians need to be more connected to the people, right? He makes more than 2000 naira per day. And if he makes more than two thousand naira per day, and maybe he could struggle and save up and 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 suffer to send his own child to school, which will be most likely, which should be a very very tough, uh, tough, tough um, uh, 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 occurrence. But at the same time, now he will not be able to afford it again totally because they want to give it to someone who does not make up to that amount. You know, not like we're saying it's a bad thing. We are saying those people that don't even have a families that don't even have incomes of up to 500,000 um, naira per year should be given the grants. And then you can now, if you even have at all, you want to give a, a loan that would make sense, you recon, reconstruct the criteria for the loan, everything that has to do with this loan, every single aspect of this loan, and then you can now be able to offer it to people who earn above this, right? Because the, if your Okada man and the market man is, is making above 500k every year, what is the purpose? Because those people, like you're saying, Sinosho, they are still considered extremely, not just poor, extremely poor, extremely poor, you know, so... So um, I think that I th- I think that there are many people that actually think this loan is a good thing, right? Because even even people that I I know, some people just think it's what is bad about the loan. So I think for people that do not entirely understand when they tell you that this loan is bad, I feel like we should make it a little bit more clearer in the sense that why is this a problem? Like for instance, Sinosure, like you, for you for example, you have already made this clear, like in some conversations that. In federal universities, they don't exactly currently pay tuition fee. So it's like, why are you trying to give people loan when naturally there's no supposed to be tuition fee? And I think it's also stated in our law that there's no supposed to be tuition fee. So what people are paying ordinarily is school fees, which is like, you know, department, whatever, this, that, this, that, just fee here and there. And they might sum up to like 20K in federal universities, right? And the developmental level of about 18K. Exactly. So now, now they say they are giving you loan, and you're like, "Why are you giving me loan for tuition when there's no tuition fee?" So what we are trying to say, right, is this thing they are trying to tell you is going to increase because I think that we should put it in terms like that so that people will get why. Because sometimes people are so confused; <laughs> they are saying, yeah, "Why? I mean, what? Yeah." Like I said earlier, in the Inla case, they are going as far as one hundred and fifty thousand 
from what the what is being touted in the public space now. And you know why I am usually not really surprised is student loan seems more like an Americana concept. Right? I don't know, maybe you've read um, Anti Chimamanda's work <laughs> America. on Americana. But it seems more like an American art kind of thing, a foreign kind of thing. Nigerians will love it. Yeah. But it is indeed not their kind of thing. You know why? Because they are still the same set of people, right, who needs to be helped to acquire the level of education, just like myself as well. You understand? Because the point is, nations build their people. The people build the nation. I don't know, maybe this makes sense. Nation builds their people, and the people build the nation. The concept of loan in itself is outsourcing the duty of building the people to the to the to, to the people. And when you say, "Oh, student loan uh, is the way to go," it wasn't so until 1998 in the UK. Imagine the number of years they've had as a developing country, as a developed country, before they got to that point. Now look at the US. It wasn't so too until very recently. And in most colleges, up to college level in the U.S., till today, institutions are still free in public schools. Now, and it doesn't mean, pardon me, that the quality of education has declined. No, it doesn't. Research, everything is still going on. The kind of analytical learning that you need to learn, at, that you need to have at that point, you will still be able to do them. So now it now takes us to the next level of the conversation. As Nigerian built its people, I think the 20 million out of school children will be our testament that no, Nigeria has not been doing so. They've been defunding even the public education since the UPN was out of government after the coup in 1983, 84. So the point is, what exactly have we done for the Nigerian people? We have taken subsidy away that they benefit from. Now we are going to take their cheap education because normally the education is not currently free at, at university level. So they are now taking that even um, cheap education away and replacing it with a more expensive education, which means anybody who is earning 500,000 and one error will not even be able to benefit from the loan. People who can get level 10, uh, is it level 10 or 12 uh, civil servant? And then lawyer or lawyer who has practiced for 10 years cannot get the loan. So the whole conversation is, why create so much barrier or barricade around the loan that should ordinarily help with access to education for the Nigerian people? That's where my concern is. I hope that makes sense. Yes. You know, many of these things that happen and you cannot just look at what is even being said, right? You'll be looking around all of these things and, you know, people will be telling you, uh, look, look around, look, uh, look at this government, look, look very closely and look where you can, you know, eat. Basically, look where you can create industry. So the scary part now is what kind of industries will start coming around when there's a loan system. You know, there's a loan system and they, t they told us in the bill that there's going to be a special bank for this. And they're even trying to say, be grateful because it's going to be interest free loan. But then you have to think about it and say, OK, do banks only make money from interest? I mean, why are you trying to play with all of Nigerians' intelligence? Like, um, the in the interest is the only only way that the bank the was it called the people would have been able to make this thing because many people were making 
point to say that the government is even going to lose money as if you know like you said building your citizen is not indirectly building your nation you know people are saying you, you should be grateful the government is going to lose money but they are not if they if they are going to establish a bank a financial institution and then there will, there will be funds to that bank you know from percentage from nmpc firs you know from here and there they said there will be there, there are ways for them to fund it if there are ways for them to fund education for three years because if they should start now even if they give the loan to somebody that is in 400 level the person is probably not going to start paying you know until two years after they've done their nyc and that's if they are in a job and they are not they are not arrested so that person is not going to be paying right so for three years it means the government can fund education right if they can fund it until people can give them so if it's a serious type of system that we are running in a three-year system there should be ways you know things that systems that have been put in place to also regenerate income or recoup some of the some of the monies that have been wasted you know and then if you if you get my what i'm trying to say so it's like if you are not going to start giving loans today and you're going to be getting it back tomorrow, we now understand the kind of system we are running is strictly business. It's business, right? You're not going to be getting anything back. It means you can fund a lot of people for three whole years. What is stopping you from putting infrastructures in place that you would even be able to still fund more students and, you know, it's just it's just all up in the air for me so what what my what we what what i think a lot of people that would reason along this line of the way we i think would think why not just give free education is nigeria in a place that they can reasonably you know reasonably say that they want to leave people and gamble with things like education healthcare. I would say no, we should not be gambling with things like education because if your citizens are not educated it's not it's not even about that person yes it's about one person building themselves but it's about the society in general what what kind of society are we looking to have in 40 years time right so it's a lot of it's it's just a lot it's just a lot is 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 i think it's a it's a mess why is there no free education majority of countries that are very well even up until today still keep their education pretty low or you know pretty free Scandinavian countries are still free, even for international students. It's Canada that you go or maybe UK and you'll be paid extra as an international student. Yes, so uh, well, this case, eh? Uh, but people would argue with you that depressing. education, according to the, some of the narratives we've heard on the internet, like people would argue with you that, you know, education is a luxury. And uh, if you cannot afford it, you you don't have to go to, you know, you don't have That's to. That's another conversation. Uh, and you know, you up until to, now, they said that we were not spending up to 10% or 20% in education, right? And they were, they were even cons, uh, like comparing the absolute figure with Ghana. And they said Ghana is even spending a lot more than Nigeria with our population. And then it's that it's now it was now looking as if they are spending so much in education that maybe they might not be able to do that again. But look at what you were even funding previously. You did not think about increasing increasing the funds where the school's looking absolutely perfect for you. And people will bring the argument that ASU, you know, ASU has been going on strike, so this is going to make ASU um, not go on strike again. Da da da. There will be autonomous um, institutions and all of that. Well, the Nigerian system has proven itself over and over and over and over again to be what it is. So, even when when they tell you something that is nice, is that that's not even the case. But you already know how things go. 
there's already a pattern. There's already a pattern. That's just what I can say <laughs> for now. The pattern is, is let, do like you're letting them breathe and then suffocate them. Do like you're letting them breathe and then suffocate them. Oh, sorry, breathe and then suffocate them. But the point is, how long can they hold out doing these kind of things? Right? That now perhaps will create a completely different conversation. You get. Hmm. Well, if they, <laughs> if they say they can't, subs, uh, what's it called, reasonably subsidize education, um, but they can, they can subsidize themselves anyways, you know, the uh, honorable agency are... <laughs> Oh, Nigeria! It, it is crazy, honestly, because you know, um, and I wonder how people who support these people don't ask questions. Like, it's okay, I understand, because you know, different political parties have a different um, um, ideology. To be, it's like I think Nigerians don't understand how important ideology is. It is not about the availability of money. It is about what you have interest in doing, right? There are some people that have a lot of money and they don't, they are not interested in showing off or they're not interested in doing things that, you know, people would come, that when you, you know, when you put up all those kind of activity online, people will consider you rich, you know? So what, what the point I'm trying to make is it is not about the availability of, of money it is about what these people believe is more important. If they actually understand the importance of education, if they actually imp- understand the importance of investing in the people, because it goes investing in, in, in human development also goes beyond education. You know, if they actually understand that the Nigerian people is one of, they are one of the biggest resources that are available to the Nigerian states to develop itself, you know, they would invest more into it, but they don't believe in it. I don't think they believe in the people. They believe in oil. Oh, let's sell oil. Oh, they believe in using the people to get what they want, but they don't want to develop people, you know, to such a point you know, that they I, can even You just stand. made a point now that I, I also mentioned to you. I think if there's uh, Nigerians are like dollars, dollar signs, like dollar bills, they'll be looking at us. And that's why sometimes I really do not like referring to Nigerians in data, like um, like 133 million. We have to do it, obviously. We have to reference something. But if you just use your mind to imagine when they say 20 million children are out of school, you would not even be able to, you would not be able to imagine it, right? So the way we, we deal with people, self, it's like in, it's like in data, in numbers. And I think that the way that um, the system is dealing with Nigeria now is just like, like when they are looking at Nigerians, they are just looking at dollar bills. I don't even know, you know, it's 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 all up in the air. But they can definitely subsidize themselves, at least from the news that we've been getting since last last week. From RMAFC. RMAFC. Yeah. Let's you know, uh <laughs> you know, it goes back to what I always tell people, like if politicians or if the the rulers of Nigeria are saying that there's no money to fund education, there's no money to fund healthcare, there's no money to fund anything, right? Because 
at least even you know nigerians are not people that like to demand for a whole lot if you just give them something just give them ask they're just asking for like the beer minimum right so where can we see this where can we see the impact of all of the resources that nigeria has where can we see it is it in infrastructure is it in um healthcare? is it in education is it what what sector is really doing well that the government is you know that the government has made do well right and it's little or nothing and you know at such a time where nigerians are trying to cope with um increasing in pump price and so many other things and you know even increase in tuition and so many other things that they're going to propose because they're going to take out subsidies on almost everything that we are that we currently um have right and at such a time the rmefc you know um feels that it's convenience and that's the board that is responsible for you know um reviewing how much um nigerian public office holders actually make right yeah, the they, revenue they mobilization revenue yes. mobilization allocation and fiscal commission let's just put that in the rmefc yeah. think that it's a great time for them to um present you know increment in um public offices salaries and it's a whole yeah go on do it to me just go on a big <laughs> so it's 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 very funny right because uh there was a court case i think um serap you know um sued um the rmefc uh two years ago 2021 and you know the judgment part of the judgment and what's the judge you know told um the rmefc you know according to something i read you know according to the report i read online was that you know they should actually review the salaries of nigerian politicians to reflect the poor economy and you know after such a government after such a judgment was given like it did so funny that you know these people sat down and after all of their research and uh, review or reviews or whatsoever they did and the only thing that they could arrive at is that well we've not increased people's salaries for a long time and even people even though people have been crying that the, the salaries of nigerian and salaries allowances and you know benefits that nigerian politicians get should be cut down drastically because you know um you know they we don't we cannot keep on funding such you know madness right and these people considered raising or reviewed and submitted uh, a proposal you know to the national assembly and state assembly and the presidency to get um, salaries increased of nigerian politicians by 100 a whooping 114 percent so no, it's, but they're, they're, it's doing us, they're, they're doing us a favor though you know they said consumer price index has increased by like 370 something percent during um the long period since the last time they did the review was like in 2007-8 so they did not increase it by 370 something percent they actually you know considered the state of the country and um, decided to only you know do one one four percent um let's clap for them <laughs> so i uh, you, you know it's it's funny because if they claim that they have not increased this politician salary for like almost how many years and whatever the politicians are getting is still we are even saying they should even reduce it now imagine you know that's what these guys have been earning across all these years when things were even more affordable you know it is so crazy 
And I also heard a particular Nigerian senator, uh, you know, he came on the Twitter space. I think that's um, Sheo Sani. And he said when he when he joined politics or when he became a lawmaker, he, he came from an, a background of, you know, activism and demanding, you know, better governance and transparency and everything. So he thought it's well to reveal how much Nigerian senators actually make, right? And he, the backlash that he got after doing that, most of his fellow lawmakers were against him. They were angry at him that he revealed. So it's like a secret court. Once you get in there, it's like they have this one-day orientation or one-week orientation where they tell you, you know, anything that goes on in this place, you don't go online and say it. Because he said he almost lost his seat and people were angry with him. His fellow lawmakers were, you know, he said something that was funny, that his fellow lawmakers were, you know, like, why would you reveal such that people are now fighting with them? That, you know, they, they didn't want anybody to know how much they earn. You know, so it's really crazy that we have that kind of um, secrecy from people that we want, you know, we, we expect transparency from, right? And he still went further to say that there are several levels in the, in the, in the National Assembly that maybe you're, if you are the uh, head of one particular, you know, um, uh, what do they call it? Senator can help me out. Maybe one particular um, team or one particular um, I've forgotten the term that they use. You are actually paid more. And if you're the Senate president, you don't get paid what the regular senators get. If you are the um, majority leader or minority leader, whatever it is, you get some certain uh, increase to what the, the average Nigerian senator earns, amongst other benefits. Let's not also forget the, um, the person who is we're, the current Senate president running, now. We are, we are running a vast crime scene yeah exactly right the person who was senate president remember when he was called you know was he was called to be questioned by i think by some nigerian senators concerning some things and instead of revealing you know that oh you know you guys are the ones that are getting all of the uh benefits here you guys are the one, and they, they were telling him off your mic you know so this we, we are like senator said we are we are these people are just ripping the nigerian people off and at the end of the day, what pains me is not that they use that how much they're getting to, you know, better the lives of Nigerian people so that we can match up. They will still run the economy to the ground and then it will tell us that there's no money and then we will now have to start paying for it via, you know, um, cutting all of the subsidies, cutting all of the helps, uh, the help that the Nigerian state should give to its people. And I was thinking of it today, right, that the only reason why we have not entered that massive crisis is that these people still have the ability to take loans. If it's that Nigerian government will not get loans to do anything, I think that by now, the Nigerian people will have actually, you know, stood up for themselves. That's it, you know. But because each government comes into power and they still have the ability to borrow, to do whatever they want to do and plunk Nigerians or Nigerian, Niger the future of the future generations of Nigeria into more debts, they can keep on doing what they are doing. So it's crazy. And I'm happy that the Nigerian people this time around, they sustained the conversation. In fact, it was starting from this student's loan. They sustained the conversation and we're getting there gradually, you know, and they also sustained yeah. the conversation about oh, this that's one why we, we, increase. Yeah, yeah, we did. I think that's why we did like get the feedback that, uh, what's it called? It's not been signed officially, right? They tried to make it fake news, which I think that many people should be very careful of how they scream fake news because I think you're calling indirectly for 
censorship of the media. That's why, you know, any government would um, have the audacity, honestly, to like, you know, stop people from using um, some platform without any democratic process. If we're living, if we're in a democracy, let's be in a democracy, you know, we can, we can discuss these things. And I think a lot of Nigerians are very reasonable, honestly. Like you tell them something as their leader and they'll follow it, which is something that has led us to a point where we are like, are we even too docile? But um, what's it called? Yeah, so let's let's also hear your takes, I know, Sean, this um, salary increment thing or the salary of a thing. Capitalism for the poor, socialism for the rich. And uh, until people understand what that means, right, uh, they will keep getting surprised by what they see every day in Nigeria. And you know why it's interesting for me? In, a, in the corporate settings, they give you KPIs, key performance in indicators, right, that they will monitor to know how you have performed, right? In the uh, civil service, for politicians, let me put it as politicians, let me say civil service, because there are still serious civil servants out there who are doing the work very well. For politicians, what's your KPI? Is it not supposed to be poverty in this? GDP growth, uh, number of out of school children, uh, improvement in road uh, infrastructure, improvement in rail infrastructure, access to health care. Abi, the things that promote the welfare of the people, that's supposed to be their KPI, but none of it is being actualized as we speak today. And they want to get paid more. They should be fired. But even the Nigerian people don't know that they can fire them. And that's where the problem lies. Take for instance, when the Revenue Mobilization Allocation and Fiscal Commission came out and they said they want to increase salary, it's their prerogative to do. But what we are saying is, my conversation now is not to say it is illegal. No, it is legal. But I'm just saying, like, it is moral. For, is it moral for you to do such? You have not returned any dividend of uh, your governance to the people. You have not done anything to improve the life of the people. Yet you want to get rewarded more. You should be fired instead. And, you know, another very important thing that we must bear in mind is the fact that this seems to me more like a coordinated attempt Oh, let me say, could also be a coordinated attempt to give some people some kind of um, um, clouds. Imagine they take you to Tinubu and Tinubu says, no, we are not collecting any additional money. Take it back. We have just told the Nigerian people to take subsidy. And when you tell him in the future that you must return our subsidy, they will tell you even our own subsidy, I remove it. You have seen them doing it in Lagos. Do what me, you can attest to this. Fashola we under promise so as to overperform. Things that we yield 10, there's a very high likelihood that we say, oh, it will yield 8. And at the end of the day, what you get is you will get 10. And then you'll be, oh, that's impressive. You beat the KPI. Who set the KPI? Set it by himself by underplaying your expectation. Or let me say by understating what you should expect and then outperforming it. So at the end of the day, what they have just shown to us, he said that they are trying to play this game I've just mentioned, or perhaps they are trying to tell us that we know that you have taken some heat so that Nigeria can progress. But that doesn't mean we will not be rewarded for our service to you, which is we helping you to make your life better, but is, uh, is, is our lives better. 
So it is indeed the case that they can. It's not illegal for them to increase it, but they have a moral burden on them now, which states that you have not made the life of the people whose uh, office you are you are you are currently occupying better. Then you should have a moral um, 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 uh, moral pushback, really, in the real sense that deters you from going about increasing your own salary. Don't forget, the head of RMEFC is chosen by the president. And these are the conversations. Not just and then the head, Sino Shaw. The entire commissioners, the entire um, representatives from each state is recommended according to what I found out. You see, you see, uh, Shaw, uh, one thing that Nigerian people must do is learn to find information for themselves. If not, they will, this uh, ruling party, they will use propaganda to kill us, right? The entire uh, uh, representative from each state is sub submitted as a recommendation from the presidency according to what i found out right so it is it is very crazy <laughs> okay i have one yeah, question yeah. to ask right so they said you know we've been advocating for like cut down of expenditure you know block, you know leakages let leakages be blocked and all of these things and somebody was trying to make a case for how much that they they are even earning that if you cut it down, what would it do for uh infrastructure? What would it do for the Nigerian people? If um, what's it called, the money that is being paid to, you know, the public office holders, and I think, okay, not generally, but the public office holders here. I'm talking about people that are directly in this thing in this ruling class, you know, in like maybe the house or all of those places in the government, not, not civil servants. So, but then even civil servants, if those people, when they come and they have to like change their cars, do this one, that one, it's just a lot of spending. Right. But then at the same time, people are like, you know, at the end of the day, when you total that amount, is it going to give you billions or trillions that you want to invest somewhere else? Is it that massive or, or is there is there a case there kind of thing? Someone was actually asking this. So just wanted to hear a little bit on on, on that, maybe figure-wise, and we'll see. Take it from there. I actually missed that question. Okay, but so what I'm trying to say is that are these people being overpaid for real? Or I don't if, yes. The point is, the, at times, right, the bonuses, right, or the bonus that they get, or let me say the allowances, let's put it that way, allowance is the right word, that they get is some proportion of their basic earnings, right? But over time, we've realized that that is even bigger than their basic pay in the real sense. So it now gives us an impression that if you increase the salary now, you are literally increasing the benchmark upon which those allowances are built. Then you will see them mm. earning more allowances. And then there's also the plate of saying, the current amount they are earning in the real sense, do they even deserve it? And another issue is, do we even exactly. need to... Yeah, do they deserve it? And then do we even need to run this kind of bloated government where we have a bicameral legislative arm uh, that are doing so much and doing nothing? Right? So the, 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 the thing is, Anything that is going into the wallet of the Nigerian government now and it's not picking out money for capital expenditure, right, is a problem that needs to be ended. The only thing that can be allowed in that sense are the things that ensures that the society is not completely left in a state where it can descend into anarchy. 
Like, this first subsidy removal, right? If you had maintained it, I wouldn't have stuck. You know why? Because it's actually one of the glues that is still currently holding Nigeria together. You can fight the corruption in the system, but leave the benefit for the people. And if you want to remove subsidy, collect the database of everybody, know where they are, know what they are doing, know what they earn, and know how to put money in their wallet every day. And you see, Nigerians are always good to import anything into Nigeria, except for the things that will benefit them. I was checking earlier yesterday, and I found out that in the U.S., social intervention programs sums up to more than 40. Unemployment benefit, uh, child care something, triple P something, KIPP program, this program, that program, just to ensure that people go to school, get access to it, Obamacare, mention it. They spent about $848 billion U.S. dollars in 2018 out of a budget of about $4.3 trillion. US dollar on social intervention program. That's a sizable amount of their budget. That's about 20%. Is it 20%? About 25%. So now when you now talk, right, in Africa, and you said whatever the people are benefiting should be taken away from them, you do not indeed have a proper grasp of the African problem. And this salary is actually, like I said, is somewhat like a um, disguise, a smoke screen towards a larger plot to get more allowances. And if the Nigerian people want it to continue, so shall it be. But we, as See, a matter yeah. of fact, I think it should not be allowed for, to go. For for, for me, it's not sure, right? Before we, before, <laughs> for me, I just think that it is very simple. Your salary as a politician should be directly proportional to your performance. And what the Nigerian people have said and are still saying is that over the years these people have underperformed if nigerian politician and by performance you know i would mean how you've been able to improve the lives of your people in such a way that we're not riddled in massive poverty right so just imagine that we nigerians were doing good majority of nigerians were doing good who cares about how much a politician is earning let like we want them to like imagine if everywhere like healthcare is working, you know, education is like everything in Nigeria or majority of things because we're always gonna have one problem or the other, right? But at least this country is working and the people are happy. Then these people can earn as much as they want. Nobody cares, right? But when people are living in extreme poverty. You know, and this politicians want to keep on. They want to increase, even when we, we should be calling for a reduction. They want to increase. You know how much they're earning. I think it makes absolutely no sense. What are they doing? Just like you've said, what exactly are they doing? You know, how have they improved the lives of the Nigerian people? And in, in like in the private sector, if you're not performing well, they take you out. They take you out. So your earnings should be directly proportional to your performance and the performance of the Nigerian government. So far, so good, you know? It's yeah, cool, I, yeah. You know? so. I think you made a good point with that performance. And I think um, the way that performance has been um, evaluated, have been evaluated up until now is in a very warped manner because people think uh, performance is how many bridges have you built? How many trains have you built, right? Great, fine and good. Infrastructure, hard infrastructure, soft infrastructure. Infrastructure is good, but I think that we should bring it down like down to simple, simple things. Like how Even many people have you? 
no no that 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 that, i just feel like that's just just too much let's not even go into the quality of that let's just bring it down to even how the u.s even do it like when you came into office how many people did you take out of poverty you know if at China they said, oh, how in during how many period, how many years, right? They'll say, okay, fifty million people left poverty, right? How many people did you bring out of poverty? If you, more people were plunged into poverty, it's a failure. If it's it, it, I think we should not even try to do this mental gymnastic too much, Seth. How many people were employed during your your time in office? You know, even though we're so rough in data collection, I think that's even an excuse. I don't know why people bring it up all the time that oh we don't have data and all of those things. Why don't you have data? Why is that my problem, right? So if you are performing well, right, you would even want to have data. You would do everything to make sure you're showing people it went from this to this like like poverty you know people were brought out of poverty this way you know people got more employed in this way like bring it to simple things and things when you don't reflect on the lives of nigerians even if nigeria makes 10 millionaires because i I, i'm kind of legit worried that that's what's going to happen you know um like maybe we'll have like 20 more billion like millionaires or something and people will be thinking or that is going to reflect maybe in our gdp and people will be thinking that the lives of nigerians just became better all of a sudden it's probably not going to be that you have to like bring people like into like you know put this thing into proper um should i call it proper human index metrics if i if you if there's anything like that so that's just what i think and i think the point we're trying to um, i mean we're trying to make is education is not something that can be gambled at this time you know get more people educated let's have if i'm more than 75 percent of people that finish tertiary institution because they are trying to sell this idea to us now that um you know university education is not that important which i get but how many different variety of tertiary institutions do we have do we have art institutions do we have people in some kind of sports institutions do we have people in some kind of vocational schools you know nigeria only no not only but majority majorly they have university and polytechnic right and they say they do have some vocational schools but how many do they have we don't have that much variety so you can't really be saying people should not just go you need to guide people basically like a lot of nigerians still need to be guided so i don't think we can gamble like that with education uh with things like that so i think that's one of the biggest points and we need to see efficiency right so yeah um do you guys want to say anything um add your um i just want to say to nigerians in essence what that means is the child you refuse to train send to school is going to eventually be your achilles ill why so because what it tends to breed is an environment where ignorance thrives. Where ignorance thrives, your kids are easily um, um, recruitable for insurrectionists, for terrorists, for all sorts of vices in the society. And don't forget, the government who is not interested in funding free education today, we have to buy a Tucano jet to fight those insurrectionists when it's time. Would you rather invest in education now and save yourself those vile or let me say toxicity in the future? Or let me say those destruction in the future. It is your choice to make. Have a good night. 
join us next time all right you're listening to the out of the box podcast with timmy halisa and sinashore 